Hi everyone, welcome to Dan Snow's History. Everyone's very excited about the long-delayed release of the new Netflix film, The Harder They Fall. It's long awaited. COVID messed with it. But thankfully, it's here. Nat Love reassembles his former gang to seek revenge against the man who murdered his parents. It's a Western, folks. We love a bit of this. Nat Love's a real human being. The film's loosely based on a true story, which is Nat Love was a cowboy. He was a formerly enslaved person. And in the period after the American Civil War, he headed west and became one of the most famous heroes of the Old West. It's a star-studded cast. It's got Idris Elba. It's produced by Jay-Z. We're loving it. But what I want to know is the truth about like black cowboys. Too often, I think our assumption is that the frontier was a white man's place where the white men fought against the, the Native Americans, the Indians. But in fact, it's not true. It's going to blow your mind, this podcast. Do you know the Lone Ranger was probably black? The person that the character was based on was probably black. Check this out. Tony Warner is a historian. He runs History Walks Around London, Black History Walks, and he's the historical consultant on The Harder They Fall. This is a eye-opening, eye-opening episode of the podcast, and it puts black cowboys back at the heart of the frontier where they belong. It's awesome. If you want to check out our history documentaries, please go to History Hit TV. It's like Netflix for history. It's got hundreds of documentaries on there got thousands of podcasts, all for a very small subscription. It can be yours. It's a safe place for true history fans. Please go and check it out. Go to historyhit.tv. If you subscribe today, you get 30 days free, so you can check it out, see if you like it. And I know you will. You're going to love it. So in the meantime, everyone, enjoy listening to Tony Warner and the truth about Hollywood cowboys. Tony, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Can we start? What was a cowboy? A cowboy would be a person who is looking after affairs to do with a ranch, and there are different types of cowboys, so to speak. So if you're a cow hand, you're a white man who would be looking after the same things as a cowboy would do, but a cowboy would normally be a black person. So the, the, even the term cowboy has a racial relevance. Is that right? So cowboy is, in fact, a racist term. That's amazing. Well, it has a racial element to it because it goes back to, of course, the days of slavery in America, whereby if a black person is doing a particular job, then he's always referred to as a, in a term less than to white person. So a white cowhan, white person, cowboy, black person, normally. Just the etymology of that word in that case, why did it suddenly become something that was in fact really glamorous and portrayed by the most sort of uh, square-jawed white actors of their generation in Hollywood over the generations? Well, according to the American historians, up to one quarter of the cowboys were initially black. And actually, some people say that was bigger because when they did the census on the ranches, the ranch owners would often hide the number of cowboys they had because they had to pay a tax for each cowboy. So they'd send all the black cowboys out into the wilderness and then they'd only count the white cowboys or cowhands. So it meant that there was an underestimation of actually how many people were working on the ranch. But when it came to Hollywood now, and they were telling these stories of these amazing fearless fighters of the West, they tended not to show black people in those kind of roles. In fact, they never did, really. So there was kind of a color bomb when it came to Hollywood. So when they're making movies about cowboys, they became white and became very heroic. And all the black cowboys were hardly ever featured up until very recently, actually. This reminds me, slight digression here, but it reminds me of Joe Biden's recent package for coronavirus relief measures. There was a bit in there for black farmers. And in parts of the right-wing media in the US, there's like hilarity about the idea there might be black farmers. There had to be like New York Times articles written about people of colour who were farmers. It was extraordinary. Yeah, there have been black farmers ever since there's been Americans, so to speak, because, you know, 
If you go back to 1619, you had a number of African-Americans or Africans from Africa who were then used to work on farms and as laborers in tobacco plantations or tobacco farms, rather. So as long as you've had America, you've had black people working on the land because indeed that was a whole basis of slavery. So when it came to sugar, cotton, plantation, etc., the majority of the workforce was African, African-American, and they were doing all that work. So it's kind of a bit of a nonsense that black farmers are seen as something new or recent. Okay, so we've got lots of African-Americans, enslaved Africans working on southern cattle farms in particular. As we go through the 19th century, we get to the era of cowboys, as we understand it, from the movies. That sort of Yeah, that's where we get a lot of our history from, from watching movies. So you think about John Wayne and Audie Murphy and all those kind of uh, movie stars. That's what we think of as a cowboy, but the real cowboys were a bit different to what we've seen on, on this big screen. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. I mean, obviously the movies kind of, Heart back to some like Arthurian point, which the geography and the time is almost irrelevant, but it's about a landscape, it's about a lifestyle, it's about an idea of freedom and self sufficiency. What would the reality have been as formerly enslaved people, people of color, moved west doing the things that they were highly skilled at, working with cattle? Would they have been part of this story of the frontier? Absolutely. I mean, after 1865, you have some black people in America are actually moving west to escape the legacy of those racist slave owners because the slave owners still want to carry on and maintain their supremacy. So they quite often oppressed the local people in the area. So a group of people called Exodusters, they left the Deep South and tried to go further west to avoid discrimination by the landowners. So that's part of the story as well. That's not that well known. So Exodusters are a real term and there's a whole bunch of history about that group of people. And then, of course, you had black soldiers in the American army who were actually part of the kind of frontier expansion. So you have the Buffalo Soldiers, which are all black units of white officers, and they were used to kind of patrol the frontier and control the frontier, in effect. And sometimes they were used to fight against Indians, or sorry, I should say Native Americans, who actually owned that land. So it's a really interesting, complicated story. There's nothing simple about U.S. history. And let's talk about cattle. That was big business, right? I mean, that was the economic driver, the way that that expansion west was largely sustained, I'm guessing, before you could move crops and cereals over huge distances. Yeah, cattle was another huge business. I mean, all those Texas Longhorn Ranch, when you saw in the movies, they're based on real characters. In fact, they often would measure the um, size of ranch by the number of cattle on that ranch. So if you had 300, 1,000, or et cetera, number of cows, then you needed an appropriate number of cowboys to actually manage those cattle. And then, of course, you have the famous cattle drives where they'd be taken from the ranch they'd raised onto the markets which involved traveling hundreds of miles, etc., through sometimes hostile territory, which is where you find all those adventurous stories set in the so-called Wild West. Let's come on to Hollywood turned to Westerns. I guess at some stage they just became hugely fashionable. My dad, as a kid, said all he did was watch Westerns. Why? I think I know the answer to this, Tony, but why were black people, why were they whitewashed? Why were they kind of written out of that? You see plenty of depictions of Aboriginal and Indigenous Americans and firing arrows and everything. Where are the black faces and why were they written out those movies? Even if you think about your know, classic Western, who are the good guys who are the bad guys? And the good guys are the white cowboys and the bad guys are the Native Americans who are, in effect, defending their land. But normally, if you watch a Western, it's always the Native American is shown as the aggressor, is shown as evil, is shown as wicked. And you see that over and over again. The white characters are always good. And the Native Americans, whose land is being, in effect, stolen from them, are shown as being wicked and evil and hostile, but their land is being taken from them. So it's kind of a, a weird inversion of history that you have those kind of stories being told. But when it comes to black westerns, we had black westerns going back to 1922, 23, 
because of course you had this segregated American cinema going experiences where if you're black you went to one cinema, if you're white you went to another cinema and in those cinemas you also had black producers and directors, people like Oscar Michaud who made black films and other directors who made black westerns. So one western's called Crimson Skull, comes out in 1922. Another western's called Bill Pickett Bulldogger, 1923. And Bill Pickett was a real life rodeo cowboy superhero who would actually, he invented something called bulldogging, which is basically when you actually were able to wrestle to the ground an 800 pound cow by biting the cow on the lip. It sounds ridiculous, right? Just Google Bill Pickett and bulldogging and you see he actually created a way of subduing these 800 pound cows by biting the cow on the lip and then resting the cow to the ground. That's a true story. It's in the movie, which goes back in 1923. Listen, I know I'm just another middle-aged guy learning about the world and finding it very distressing, but like I remember in the sort of noughties when they started putting black characters into quote-unquote white westerns, it was regarded as the height of like political correctness. It was like, oh, this is just, it's all gone mad. And the idea that was actually a slightly more accurate depiction of the past is something that I'm now super embarrassed about. Well, Bill Pickett is a real character, and even now there's a Bill Pickett rodeo which tours America right now, and it's full of a whole bunch of black cowboys and cowgirls. And speaking of black characters in movies, if we go back to 70s, 72, I think it was 72, Sidney Poitier and Harry Belafonte, two of the biggest black stars at the time, got together to make this movie called Fucking a Preacher, which was based on the real life experience of African-Americans who were part of the exodusting kind of movement, in that the exodusters were leaving certain parts of deep South America, going west to avoid discrimination. And they had to negotiate amongst the Native Americans to get to the land where they could then be more or less free. So in this movie with Porti and Belafonte, they tell that story. And of course, don't forget, Belafonte and Porti were major leaders in the civil rights movement, major leaders at that time even. So they're telling a story of a true African-American story in one respect. They're also referencing civil rights in the modern time as well. That film comes out in 72. And as I said before, Belafonte and Porti, they're like the Will Smith and Denzel Washington of the 1970s. So they're using their art to tell a story set in the past, which is a true story, but they're also referencing modern-day civil rights, and that's 72. You listen to Dan Snow's History. We're talking about the truth about Hollywood cowboys. More coming up. Ancient history fans, this is our moment. Subscribe to The Ancients now to get your weekly goodness of ancient history. We've got the big topics. So through this material, we're actually looking at this entangled sum of hundreds and thousands, in fact, of stories of life across ancient Eurasia. We've got the big names. The Romans, of course, become so powerful and the Romans conquered the whole of the Mediterranean world. And Hannibal was the one who challenged the Romans the most. We've got the big discoveries. And these are the only surviving boxing gloves from the Roman Empire. And we even have some groundbreaking new archaeological detective stories. Baths of Cleopatra. I had never come across any such thing before. Subscribe to The Ancients on History Hit wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, everyone. I want to tell you about a podcast that I think you'll like. It's called Mysteries at the Museum from Travel Channel. It's narrated by my good friend and host of American History Hit, Don Wildman. On Mysteries at the Museum, Don travels across the US to find objects that tell shocking stories of American history. You'll hear about the portrait linked to the first bank robbery in American history, 
and about the failed invention from World War II that became one of the most popular toys for kids. Uncover the secrets behind these incredible objects and learn about the history of war, science, crime, and everything in between. You're going to love this podcast all about the remarkable objects in our treasure houses that are museums. Please go and check it out. Mysteries at the Museum from Travel Channel. It's amazing that even in the era of segregation, there would be black westerns for a black audience, which therefore have not become sort of mainstream classics, I say, with um, inverted uh, commas. There's a couple of films, like one's called Harlem on the Range and one's called Bronze Book Crew. I think that's 1939. And these are kind of black westerns made for black audience that are shown in segregated cinemas. So the image of the black man or woman in a western goes back at least to 1922-23, and it reflects the real fact that in history there were black men and women in the Wild West. Another good example is one called Stagecoach Mary. And Stagecoach Mary features in the film The Holiday Fall, and she's a real person. There was a real black woman called Mary Fields, and she lived in Montana, and she was the first black woman to have a mail route. Her mail route was 19 miles, and she would deliver mail along the 19 miles of, you know, hostile, dangerous territory through wind, rain, and snow. And if she couldn't get her six-horse stagecoach to actually take the route if the snow was too deep, she would walk the 19 miles in her snowshoes with the mail on her back. And she helped to build a combo all by herself. I mean, she's amazing. And so she's a real person. That's featured in that movie, The Heart of the Fall. So you've mentioned The Heart of the Fall now. Tell me about this movie and the kind of historical context for it. Well, it's a kind of an action-adventure western set in the Wild West, but it actually has characters in the movie who are real people. So I just mentioned Stagecoach Mary. Another character in the film is a guy called Bass Reeves. And Bass Reeves was the first deputy U.S. marshal, and he arrested 3,000 outlaws, and he had to kind of shoot another 14 of them. And he was a crack shot, expert horseman, and he also spoke different Native American languages. Because basically, any outlaw would run away from the so-called civilized areas into the outlaw areas where there was less kind of law enforcement. So Bass Reeves would be tracking these people down. So he was an amazing, legendary, real-life historical character. And if you remember a TV show called The Lone Ranger? Of course, yeah, yeah. Well, it is said with a lot of evidence that that Lone Ranger character was based on his real-life exploits. What? Yeah. The Lone Ranger was black. That's a bumper sticker. Yeah, you can Google it. It was even on Fox News. <laughs> My God. It was My even God. on Fox News that they said that the actual real Lone Ranger was a black guy called Bassery. But if you just check out Bassery's kind of resume, it's amazing. It's incredible. And he was such a, as I said, a legendary character. He inspired many of the people. In fact, some of his relatives are still alive now, and some of them are actual judges in law enforcement. And there's a whole bunch of books on him, plus graphic novels. And there's talk of a film by the Oscar-winning Chloe Zhao, who just did Eternals, and she's alleged to be involved with a film about Bass Reeves' life right now. And he's the sort of inspiration, you think, for The Harder They Fall with Idris Elba? Well, not inspiration. He's got In the movie, there's a character called Bass Reeves. So it's like, that's his name, and he's a real person. Amazing. I just mentioned Bill Pickett. Bill Pickett is also in The Harder They Fall. He's played by an actor called Eddie Gategi. But Bill Pickett, the man I just mentioned, was a real-life Wild West rodeo star <laughs> who had his own rodeo show with his five brothers. Bill Pickett is in The Heart of Their Fall. So the director, James Samuels, obviously must know his history because he's put these real characters into his movie. So I suppose once you can Google those names, you'll see more about them. 
It's interesting that as you're talking, I'm thinking about how we associate the movement, the great migration of African-Americans from the Cotton Belt, where they've traditionally been in enslaved communities, into the northern cities and Chicago and New York and places like that. And, and actually, the Western frontier represented another place where they could have a measure of freedom. They could try and chart their own life. They'd get some agency. Yeah, absolutely. That is one reason we have the whole exodus the movement. It's also the reason why some black men joined the um, armed forces, the cavalry, because they want to kind of get away from the oppression. So one way of doing it was to join the army and then become part of the forces that were expanding west. So it had a lot to do with being free and getting away from, you know, systematic oppression in the deep south or any area where there was racism, basically. And I guess, you know, they're not going to be allowed into some of those artisanal or clerical white-collar jobs on the eastern coast as well because of the prejudice they face. So actually, this was a pretty good option for them. Yeah, and don't forget there was segregation up until, well, let's be polite, let's say the 60s, and that included rodeos. So even if you were a very skilled black cowboy, you couldn't enter the regular rodeos because you were allowed to. The same way you couldn't go to cinema and see a black film with a white audience because of discrimination. So all that played a part. And actually, I should mention about films, there was something called the Hayes Code, H-A-Y-E-S, Hayes Code, which ran from 1930s, 1960s. And it was literally a list of things that you couldn't do, couldn't show on screen, which included misdegnation, right? Which included, you could not show white people as slaves. So the Hayes Code literally said you shouldn't show white people as enslaved people. And it also said that you shouldn't offend any race or creed. But what it basically meant is that you would not be showing black people in heroic strong leadership positions. And that's what you find in those movies. Up until the 60s, you don't find very many black heroic characters, be it a Western or science fiction. It's quite rare, few and far between. And actually, Harry Belafonte and Sidney Poitier were the guys who actually began to break that barrier down in the 60s because of the civil rights movement in America. And they were saying, look, we need to have accurate representation of ourselves on the big screen. And this is part of the story. What do you say as a black scholar to the people who are finding this moment that we're going through now? white people who are finding it difficult. They get upset when they see George III's wife played by a black actor in Bridgerton or Anne Boleyn played by a black actor. Like, there are people who find that troubling, right? What do you want to say to those people? I just says I would suppose it's because you're so used to seeing this one very biased, monochrome version of history for like 10, 15, 40, 50 years that when you see an accurate representation, it kind of shakes your viewpoint, it kind of upsets you because you're just so not used to seeing it. But when you actually do your own research and check the history, Bass Reeves was real, Stagecoach Mary was real. There's a whole bunch of, in fact, in Bridgerton, you know there's a boxer called Will Mondrich in the movie and the TV show Bridgerton. He's based on a real character called Bill Richmond. Bill Richmond was a real black boxer in 1800s London who had his own pub and was a champion bare-knuckle boxer in the early 1800s. And that is a fact. You can, get, you can just get on your phones now and just tap in Bill Richmond Boxer, and that's a real person. So what they did in Bridgeton is they just kind of reversed his name, called him Bill Mondrich as opposed to Bill Richmond, but he's based on a real person who was an incredible boxer and a very well-known and famous person in London in 1810 at a time when slavery was still taking place in the Caribbean. So an amazing story, which is in that Bridgeton TV series, and, and it's just a fact. What can I say? It's just a fact. Yeah, it's that strange fact. Is when you're accustomed to privilege, seeing athletes that look like me representing their country, seeing politicians that look like me, prime ministers, actors, that equality can feel like an oppression. Like when you see more women in there, people of color, whatever it is, it's not. If some artist wants to cast Amberlynn as a black person, that's okay. 
that's not oppressing me, I don't think, given that for generations, black characters, as you just said, have been represented by white people. The reverse has taken place. We just need to kind of relax. About, like, just, yeah. It's not the end of the world. I'll okay. give you another example of how you have a history which is commonly absorbed and believed, which does not reflect reality. So you know a lot about World War II. You know that there were two and a half million Indian troops from what we now call Pakistan, Bangladesh, and India, from Sikh, Muslim, Hindu backgrounds, who were in World War II, who fought and sometimes died defending this country in World War II, two and a half million of them. And the question then would be is, how often do you see a movie where the cast is majority Indian, Sikh, Muslim, Hindu, who were doing the fighting in World War II, because they actually did. They fought in North Africa, they fought in Italy, fought in Burma. So how come you don't see that representation on your big screen or small screen? What's happened there? They've been left out. And that's deliberate. And that's history you can easily verify. Okay, so other question to you as a black scholar, is that I've talked about the white people, how difficult they must be finding this moment. But what's this moment mean? We're a long way off, but seeing that pendulum slowly shift back towards a slightly more realistic and equal representation of our past on big and small screens. It's cool. It's good. It's good to see. Again, it's not the first time we've seen this. Well, not the first time I've seen this kind of representation because back in 1993, I had a guy called Mario Van Peebles. He made a movie called Posse about black cowboys. The same director, James Samuels, made a film back in, I think it was 2012, called They Die by Dawn, which included the same Bill Pickett and Stagecoach Mary and star people like Erica Badu. And as I said before, 72. In fact, I'll tell you what, do you remember a guy called Jim Brown and Fred yeah. Williamson from the 70s? They made a whole bunch of black westerns. In fact, Fred Williamson made a movie called Boss N-Word. The movie was called Boss N-Word, right? And in the movie, the premise is that this racist deep south town gets a new sheriff and new sheriff is black. So you can imagine what happens then. But there's been a long history of these black filmmakers making these movies about black cops. It's just that they don't get the exposure they deserve. I suppose with this Netflix thing, because it's Netflix, it's going to get a lot more exposure and that's good. Well, thank you very much indeed for coming on the pod and telling us all about it. How can people stay in touch with you and, and follow your work? The website is blackhistorywarts.co.uk, just blackhistorywarts.co.uk, and we run Warts, Talks and Films on Black History each month all year long for the last 15 years. Thanks, man. Looking forward to doing more in the future. Thank you very much. No problem. I feel we have the history on our shoulders. All this tradition of ours. Our school history, our songs, this part of the history of our country, all were gone and finished. Thanks, folks. You've met in another episode. Congratulations. Well done, you. I hope you're not fast asleep. If you did fancy supporting everything we do here at History Hit, we'd love it if you would go and wherever you get these pods, give a little rating, five stars or its equivalent. A review would be great. Thank you very much indeed. That really does make a huge difference. It's one of the funny things the algorithm loves to take into account. So please head over there and do that. It can seem like a small thing, but actually it's kind of a big deal for us. So I really appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dan Snow's History. Please follow this show wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us and you'll be doing us a big favour. Don't forget, you can also listen to all of these podcasts ad-free and watch hundreds of TV documentaries when you subscribe at historyhit.com slash subscribe as a special gift. You can also get your first three months for just £1 a month when you use code Dan Snow at checkout.